Good morning, everybody. How are you? Hope all is well. I've got my cold brew today, and we're looking at meditations as we do. And before I start, I want to say a couple things. So I've been doing some, let's say, like philosophy meetups, and they've been going pretty well. We've had a couple now already, and I'm seeing, and thank you all for listening, that I'm getting a few listeners here. Um, If you want to be a part of that and you aren't already, find a way to email me. So I mean that because I'm not sure where we're all listening from or how we're coming to the podcast. It seems like a number of us might be former students of mine. That's awesome. Thank you for listening. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. That's the point of this is to hopefully have it be useful for you and then just have it be useful for whoever else you think might benefit from some philosophy. And another huge use of it is I want to interact with people. I want to try to be um, of service in the best way possible. And I like, obviously, you know, uh, talking about this stuff and hearing people, what they have to say, what they what they m- maybe need and how philosophy could help. So email me however you can. I do have an email. There is an email for this podcast, right? Shotofphilosophy at Gmail. And I'll send you the link. So it'll probably be once or twice a week. I'm going to try to do it at night, um, like after five usually during the week. And then maybe we did one on Saturday that actually went really well. So I want to welcome people to email me. I'll email you the link whenever we're doing it. And um, I would love to have a community that comes together and we could all talk about this stuff. And I would love for the meetings to really revolve around your questions. So I could prepare a little bit. If you want to email me like, hey, I, I would love to be involved in a meeting. Here are some questions I have. I'd appreciate that. I always come ready with something because, again, I'm reading every day. I'm listening to something every day. So I always have sort of something I'm ready to bring to the to the meeting. But um, I'd love to answer questions directly. That's very much inspired by Epictetus, whose whole The Art of Living book is based on his notes. Uh, I'm sorry, based on notes taken by his student, Arian, um, who was just listening usually to the second part of Epictetus's discourse, right? So in class, I think I mentioned this, he'd start off with some theory, then he just opened the floor for questions. And the questions I think really revolved around daily life, a lot of them so applicable to today. So I'd love to have more people at the meetings. And thank you for those. Thank you to those of you who have been coming. They've been a lot of fun. So yeah, let me know. Again, shot of philosophy at Gmail or email me. I've been trying to check all my um, all my emails, all my various emails. So if you're interested in meeting up, joining the group a little bit, getting some of your questions answered, or just coming and listening to a lecture, relaxing, whatever, um, I plan, or I hope to offer at least once a week, uh, you know, once a week for about an hour, hour and a half. Um, and I welcome everyone. So that being said, let's move on. And I think this, and I am mentioning this really because the quote for today, I was drawn to this one. It's quick. It's powerful. It's Marcus Aurelius. And um, last night this came up and a student of mine actually brought it up and they did a great job of describing how it's helped them lead a better life. We were talking about uh, relationships, family, friendships, romantic relationships, and just like the power of the power of silence in a sense. We, We ended up examining the power of silence, but also like the power of breaking that silence, right? And the importance of expressing ourselves and communicating. And the the point they raised, I thought really nicely was memento mori. Like how can you allow yourself to go to bed angry at somebody? And this is actually a point I wish I would have articulated more clearly last night. Silence doesn't necessarily mean anger, of course, right? I think unfortunately, a lot of times it can, 
But what I mentioned last night was like, you know, sometimes silence can be therapeutic for people. And I think based on, let's say, even your ability or your, your, based on, let's say, your ability, but also the way you perceive your ability to express your thoughts, silence will do different things for different people, right? And of course, on top of that, the situation is going to be whatever it is and the context matters, right? But the idea of the memento mori, I think what the student was getting at, and I think this is a beautiful idea and we talked about it, the idea that memento mori can make us better in our relationships, I think is very accurate. And I ended up saying like, you know, for me, I don't think you can really love somebody fully if you don't remind yourself of your own mortality. And by that, I'm, I more so mean reminding yourself of your mortality, I think helps us love ourselves and helps us love others better. And that's an interesting word to use. And I, I'm maybe healthier is the word I'm looking for, but ultimately, um, if you're acting like you're going to live here forever, you lack urgency. I think you lack passion. I think you lack the ability to take risks. I think you lack the ability to, uh, let's say, let's say optimally, right? Let's, you don't lack the ability for any of those things entirely, but you're definitely, in my opinion, not going to be doing them to the best of your ability. I think that memento mori reminds us that life is, is limited and that in, in that limitation, there's a there's a drive right to try to pursue what is good and the best thing we can do is love right love is the most sustainable motivation for life and love is you know really the best thing we do so i think memento mori for this student and for myself included and i'm you know i'm sure others too is a call to live a life that is meaningful that is as full of love and growth as possible because you realize you have to get going not only that, but you appreciate life because you know it's not here forever. Right. Last night, a little, a little reflection on this and I'll get to the quote, but unfortunately, a distant family member of mine passed away. And although they were distant, you know, it affected it, it affected people I care very deeply about. Um, and although I didn't know the person very well at all, it, you still feel you still feel for people. Right. And, and you still we, we were sitting uh, last night, uh, he was he was Jewish, and we were sitting Shiva. And I, I just, you know, as it's during COVID, so we're on Zoom. And, and there was still, although that's odd and difficult, there's still a beauty to it, right? And by that, I mean, like, people coming together to console each other, to acknowledge each other's suffering, to tell stories, to appreciate this person's life, and to celebrate life in general, right? And I think a lot of different cultures have rituals around death and those rituals are are necessary to help us come together and help each other to understand our suffering and to grieve in a way that's healthy uh to celebrate the person's life and i think also the, these things function function as reminders that we're not here forever and that's significant so we have to love the people in this room we have to love ourselves we have to try to in the, in the very stoic sense, right, a morfati to love what life offers because this thing is, is precious. And we remind ourselves of that when we have these rituals around death. Um, because if we drift too far away from that, that be, being this acknowledgement of our own mortality, we do miss out on things in life. We don't appreciate life the same way. And a large part of loving other people, too, is appreciating them in their perfections and their imperfections. All right, so on that note of a very practical kind of a you know application of philosophy to my life literally yesterday, um, Marcus is telling himself not to live as if you had endless years ahead of you, 
death overshadows you. While you're alive and able, be good. And those last two words, right? That, that's almost like the whole mantra right there. You know, um, be good. Like whatever you do today, don't just do it. Try to be good at it is one way to interpret that. And I think more importantly, it's about for the Stoics, especially being a good person. Right? While you're alive and able, be good and do that with death in mind because that'll drive you. And think for a moment too, just if you realize life is fragile, I've used this analogy a lot. If you realize life is fragile, you take better care of it. The same way if you're going on vacation and you have to pack your bag, right? You you pack a t-shirt differently than you'd pack uh, a ceramic bowl, right? Or especially if the ceramic bowl was a gift for somebody. Even if, the, if you had two shirts, one was just for you, you've worn it a million times, and one was a gift, right? You, you treat it like it's precious more. Like it's more precious, right? Because it's it's for someone else and there's a sense that you don't want to mess it up, right? Like there's a sense that even the life of the shirt, like you have to take care of it for a while, then you're giving it to someone else. And when you give someone a gift, it's rare that six months later you're thinking to yourself, oh, I wonder if they're taking care of that gift. It doesn't really happen. You give it and it's over and the, the quote, the pressure, let's say, to take care of it is up until you give it to the person, right? And that's a great sort of, somewhat of an analogy for Epictetus saying like, you know, live life as if you're a visitor at a hotel, right? Because you have to understand that you're finite. You have to understand you're, you're not here forever. You have to understand that so much of this is out of your control. And think about a hotel too, right? You leave a hotel, or at least you should, as good or better than when you came. You don't leave it worse, and I think, you know, it's a common, it's, it's a ritual. Um, if you're at a hotel, of course, someone cleans the hotel, right? So you leave money for that person. You tip them. That's making someone's life better. So you leave the room with the sense that you're leaving something better. It's a lot like life with eudaimonia and the ancient Greek conception or understanding of that term. You're driven by the idea that you leave the world a better place as a result of your presence. You don't leave it worse. You don't, you don't actively try to, as Marcus is saying here, be not good. In being good, you leave the world a better place. You weave goodness into the lives of the people around you. And that, rem that remembrance of death drives us to do that. And think, again, it's a call to urgency. It's a call to take action. If you're a procrastinator, maybe write memento mori somewhere in your house. Take a post-it note. Put it up somewhere, right? Do not live as if you had endless years ahead of you. Time is ticking, and that should be and can be a beautiful thing. I think a little bit about the movie Troy, which wasn't great. I mean, I love all those kind of movies pretty much, like those like you know, ancient Greek Roman movies. Gladiator was a better – it was a significantly better version of Troy. And that's not fair because it's a totally different narrative. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to get into this. Uh, but Troy, right, there's a, there is a, some – there are some great moments in Troy. And this is – there is some good philosophy in Troy too. When, Ach when Achilles, played by Brad Pitt, is talking to Briseis, he's saying, right, like, the gods envy us because we are mortal. Everything is more beautiful because we're doomed, right? And that's a really cool quote, I think, that speaks to this as well. Um, that, that, that remembrance of death makes things more beautiful. You'll never have this moment again. You'll never be with this person again in this way. That's a great way, too, to get through hard shit in life, right? It's like if you're stuck in a job that you want to get out of or – you know, uh, 
there's just a situation that just you have to you know seemingly have to go through. Well, look, memento mori. Every second I get every second I get past is a second I never have to experience again. I thought I thought this way about high school in kind of a weird way. Like this is not before I discovered meditations, but before I really got into philosophy. I did not like high school, and I remember senior year sitting in the library. This is such a vivid memory, looking up at the clock, and I was like, "This is the last Tuesday, October 10th. I'll ever have to be in this building." And that comforted me. I'm like, shit, I'm just get out of here. And I am get, I'm actively getting out of here, even though I'm here. So, you know, simple example, again, just typical high school stuff. But nonetheless, it, I think it pertains to this nicely. I knew that, you know, God willing, there was an end to this experience. And that end allowed me to get through it more pleasantly because I wasn't so focused on what was happening. I was focused on kind of like the marching of time. And that's an Albert Camus quote rough interpretation, right, of what he said here, where it's like, you know, this is not verbatim either. But ultimately, sometimes time carries us and sometimes we have to carry time. So I think when by that he meant like our reliance on time. Sometimes you want time to freeze and sometimes you want time to fly by. It really doesn't matter because time is just time. It's about our relationship to time. So if you understand your time is limited, same thing with milk, right? If you know milk's going to expire, you drink it faster when it gets closer to the expiration date because you don't want to waste the milk. You don't want to waste life. Right? Remind yourself of the expiration date and let the uncertainty of that be an even greater driver. We don't know. Let me be good right now. And not only let me be good for others, let me also be good for myself. If this was my last day, I'd want to find some joy today. If this was my last day, I'd want to serve my largest purpose as I understand it right now. Because that's a good life. And this is a, a topic that we've already talked about that Marcus really returns to in meditations frequently. It's one of the most popular recurring themes in the document for a reason. I'm already feeling like, you know, and this is interesting because I've only done a few episodes thus far, but I'm already feeling pressure to not repeat myself. But what I'm realizing is that's not the point of this. The point of this might be to repeat myself. Right, I think that that's an added pressure that I didn't anticipate necessarily from trying to share something every day, but I think it's worth it. Um, so yeah, keep in mind that repetition carries power and that ultimately this is some Aristotle, right? It's not the only thing that shapes us, of course, right? I would argue, but our habits really, I do think, play a role in shaping us. So I'm hoping that even with this podcast, the idea that I might return to some things frequently could even be useful in, in its own way. And I hope that every time I, I think about it and speak about it and read about it, my confrontation with it, my encounter and engagement with it is a little bit different, as I also hope for you, when you hear something, you know, maybe the third or fourth time, it's not boring, but you, you, you kind of approach it with fresh ears and uh, try to apply yourself to it in a different way. So hope this is helpful. Thank you for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.